Yeah, that's going to be a struggle for you. Yeah, seriously, you've got a long surname, but... I, 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 reckon, I reckon he lied. I reckon he had Tom Riddle as his name, and then he was like, well, Voldemort sounds cool. What other words can I put together in my middle name? I mean, he just threw in um, I am, because Tom Riddle, um, you have yeah. to use I am as well, so he just threw yeah, exactly, that I am. Right? Exactly. Like, normally, like, you would just change the name to get your name. You don't want to be like, I am, blah, 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 blah. So his actual name is Voldemita. Uh, Voldemortina. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good. Voldemort doesn't sound. It's suddenly, yeah, that's that doesn't sound as as good somehow. There's there's a lot of stuff with weird with the Harry Potter franchise, but let's not get into that. <laughs> that's a different episode. That's a different episode. But I th- I think I think uh, we should probably just start the episode actually. So, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Traveler with your lovely hosts Ali, Zaki, and Zayn. This is a show all about wandering through whimsical wonders, witnessing the experience that is wanderlust, and in Zame's case, wagering whether a walrus can beat him in a race. <laughs> you know he's got that weird thing about running on all fours. He does. I'm pretty sure that, that I could beat a walrus in a race, unless it's swimming. It's swimming and you're running on all fours. There's just something not right with you, but yeah. And um, Wait, why am in, I running in, on all fours? As in the walrus is in the like he's on the coast, right? And the walrus is in the water, and Zayn's on all fours on the beach, and they're running to it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zayn has mentioned this in a fair few episodes that he could beat animals. So, I mean, that's an interesting wager, I would say. You should say beat animals in a race, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, today's show is all about Vietnam. But before we start exploring its wonders, let me remind you of the usual uh, social connect. So we are on Twitter at the LD Traveller, Facebook and Instagram at the Lockdown Traveller, and on our blog as well, the lockdowntraveller.blogspot.com. So, my fellow and professional colleagues, some facts, please. I have two, but I'll let you pick one. Um, do you want to know about a? Mm, do you want to know about snake blood, or do you want to know about weasel coffee? Well, that's ooh, ooh. Okay, you only get that's... one weasel. I want to go weasel coffee. Zayn? Weasel coffee. Okay, so, Ali, you being you know a resident coffee lover, mm-hmm. me being in second place, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know this, actually, but Vietnam's the sec- second largest exporter of coffee. I didn't think it was, but it is, apparently. Yeah. Um, first one being Brazil, and I, I, thought, I would have thought Colombia would be second, but no, apparently Colombia's third. Anyway, they have this signature version of coffee called Café Chon coffee, which is, translates as weasel poo coffee. Weasel poo. Okay. So apparently the weasels eat berries containing the coffee beans and apparently they're amazing at picking them because they know exactly which one is the ripest and the freshest and the best somehow. Um, and then the berries get digested and the beans come out whole and they have a new richer flavor and they've used that in making apparently extremely good coffee. It's 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 like it's ridiculously expensive. It's, yeah, it's the most expensive in the world, I think. It's like two million Vietnamese dong. For 100 grams, which is about $90 or 65 quid for 100 grams, which is ridiculous. Wow. That, that's a lot. Does it, does it make you want to taste it, though? It kind of, well, the description does. because it says it's it. like It's kind of super strong and a little bit chocolatey, and it's, it's like a, apparently an amazing coffee flavor. You can get it locally for like, t- like $3 or something, which is still quite a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, apparently a very, very signature bit of coffee, weasel poo. Yeah, no. Weasel. Okay, that, I, I'm I'm actually inclined to try that. Um, yeah, I would do. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it does sound pretty interesting. I just want to know, like, do they follow around these weasels and just wherever they poo, they pick it up, or do they have it in in like a container in a cage? That's a very specific question. That's a good question. Right? That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming that they have. They just know where the weasels are. Like in a, in a, like an area, you know, like a truffle farming type thing, but not truffles. Obviously, they just see where the weasels are and track them. I'm guessing. Do they yeah, track their bowel you, movement? You wouldn't want to be an intern at that at that company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how. I want to know the first person. That, like, how many other things had he tried before he got to that? Do you know what I mean? Like, That's what? always yeah. That always annoys me. Who looked at a, at a pineapple and goes, "Hmm, I bet that's going to be a sweet plant uh, fruit." Yeah, that is true. That is true. How? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the more important question is who looked at a cow and thought, I'm going to squeeze that and drink what comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, man. We humans are weird. I mean, hey, that's an animal. Let's shove some berries up it and let's pull out whatever comes on the other side. And so stick when it we start, when we start our cooking show? 
<laughs> I know, right? Coming soon on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, as you were going through the uh, your fact, I was screaming silently, no, because I had a fact which was Colombia's, uh, sorry, Vietnam is the second largest coffee producer in the world. <laughs> but I'll add on to that saying that they produce 16% of the world's coffee, um, where Brazil does 40, 40%. So... Uh, adding to that and then i was secretly screaming into the microphone when you started saying coffee is the the most famous is cafe what did you call it sean chat yeah my one i, ca- I called that cafe trunk which is egg yolk coffee oh egg yolk egg yolk yeah so what they do is that this is so this really co- uh, famous coffee which is now making its round uh on on social media because some influencer found it and they're like oh my god this is the best thing ever and you're like yeah it's been around for decades mate relax um, but it's literally getting coffee, drip filter, and throwing in some condensed milk, and then it, it kind of turns into a very lovely tiramisu-type flavor uh, coffee. Um, so that's uh, Fin Cafe, but you can have it with egg yolk. So they've mixed egg yolk into the condensed milk and then added to the um, uh, to the actual coffee, and it tastes like tiramisu, and it's quite nice. And it used to happen because in the 1940s, milk was quite scarce, and egg yolks provided a convenient replacement. So it's one of the things which a lot of people recommend. So we're going to have to do a lot of coffee shots, right? I mean, that sounds interesting. But again, I don't understand how you would come to that conclusion. Like, we're out of milk. Let's chuck in an egg yolk instead. Yeah, I would have put in egg whites, if I'm honest. Yeah, that that makes sense. But I don't know. That sounds actually pretty good. That does sound pretty good. It sounds pretty good. It sounds yeah, pretty it's good. Like coffee cake type yeah. thing. And then yeah, you could, and then you could dunk a biscuit and then make it full blown oh, thermos. Oh, God. Right? Why do you ruin things? Hey, look, look. You're wrong. Just accept <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You are. Um, okay. Right. Well, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon as well and say that I was annoyed when Zoki started speaking. Because <laughs> I had a fact about snake wine. Oh, that's why you made him pick weasel coffee. Uh, yes. Such a weasel. Uh, okay, smart, smart. So apparently snake wine is a very popular drink in Vietnam, and how it's made is you get a venomous snake or a scorpion, and you throw it in a bottle, and you pour rice wine or grain alcohol on top, and then you seal the bottle and let it sit for a few months. And if you can't wait a few months because you want your snake wine right now, there's another version of the drink where you get a live snake, you kill it, and then the blood, the bile, the venom, you pour that into a glass, you mix it with alcohol, and you down it like a shot. Okay, so yeah, I got nothing. I ex- don't they? Ex- they also yeah. cut, cut out the heart, don't they? Is that one yes. as well? Like snake meat is apparently supposed to be good for you. It like it fixes circulation. It like helps with migraines and sciatica and rheumatism, and apparently also joint pain, hair loss, and leprosy. Oh yeah, because everyone's struggling with leprosy in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it's popular back then. Although when the thing is, the problem is when people say it's a cure for leprosy. Back then, when leprosy was around, anything was like cocaine was a cure for leprosy. Exactly right? that old timey kind of medicine. So you know, yeah, yeah. you got a you know minor cough, just get cocaine. There's yeah. a place called Snake Village in Vietnam, and apparently, yeah. So the what Zucky said, the heart is removed and is dropped into a shot of blood and vodka. Um, the the rest of the snake is sent into the the snake wine but they also do um, some dishes so crisp snake skin and crushed bone poppadoms <clears throat> i'm kind of i'm not the the, the skin sounds all right because of the crispy i, I was gonna say the poppadoms might be nice. i was gonna go poppadoms really bone yeah. poppadoms though well they'll be crushed like powder you oh. wouldn't even taste it hmm, maybe actually <laughs> like I, actually, I was, ima- yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't imagining it was crushed. I was just imagining like bones put. Together. Oh, I was as well. I was thinking that doesn't yeah, I mean, sound how, good. How, how would you even eat that then? Well, some chicken bones are edible. Like you can. Yeah, like fish, like you know, them. fish bones, like fish tail bones. You can eat those. Yeah, right? but but it's a snake. Yeah, but have you seen the skeleton of a snake? Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And then the, the bones, I think, are, are like reasonably thin, right in the curvature. I just, I, I can't get my head around the fact that you get a live snake, stick it in alcohol, and then drink it. Well, hold on, hold on. I, the snake is live when it sits in the rice vinegar. Uh, rice sometimes wine. live, sometimes dead. Sometimes live? Sometimes okay, I, I live. Didn't, I didn't catch that. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that one. Yeah, so I, I don't know how that would taste. Anyone who's listening, you do want to go. It's the Snake Village. It's seven kilometers northeast of central Hanoi, uh, and it's called the Long Bean District, and they recommend go via taxi and eat snakes to your heart content. Can you bring your own snake? 
Uh, um, you don't want to be that guy, though. I know, right? I broke I mean, my own true. from hell. That's like rocking up to Starbucks and bringing your own coffee. That's no, that's that's a little bit different. Yeah, I worked with a guy at work. Well, I worked with a guy at work, but there was a guy at work who used to drink the cheapest coffee from Starbucks, take it to the office, fill it up with tap water or whatever, and then rocked about trying to impress people that he's drinking Starbucks coffee, and nobody ever got it because why would you do that? But you, yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're buying it in the first place, just drink it at the office. Exactly. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, coffee, love it. Snake wine, can't say I'm a big fan, but uh, uh, yeah, to each to their each to their own, I suppose. And also, there's this the um, the silkworms as well. That's that's a delicacy too. You can is, is it the glowworms? No, no, it is not the glowworms. We're never going to talk about glowworms ever again. But the silkworms, they they like cook. They I think they boil them. Or... Mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> and we said, how we long said that no take? Lord of the Rings. We said right, but they, yeah, they boil them, and then as they're boiling, they the insides tend to mush, but they secrete silk, the silk, and then as they as they're boiling, they take the silk as it's cooking and like weave it into something or put it on like uh, like um, spindles and stuff, and then they make stuff out of that silk, which is kind of cool. But then as they're boiling, then they fry them, and then it's like a, a crunchy, gooey delicacy as well. If I ever have children, I'm going to tell them that's where candy floss comes from. <laughs> Traumatise them. It's just, oh, it's, as you're just downing it, like, in front of them. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Do you want some silkworms in it? Mm. <laughs> wow. I was going to mention it this at the end, but... Um, we're, we are absolutely slating the cuisine here, so I'm just going to quickly mention that the amount of food, which is amazing and we need to try. Um, so you've got the goikon, which is spring rolls, which are filled with greens, corianders, a shrimp, and you have it with um, peanut sauce, and it just it looks really fresh, is really fresh. And then sounds, of course, sounds lovely. It sounds, it sounds yeah, so it's good. Fantastic. And then the one which I think has made its way pretty much everywhere around the world now, which is the banh mi, which is a baguette sandwich filled with whatever you want really but it usually has egg greens and a choice of fillings and it's i mean when you say baguette you think camembert cheese um that kind of stuff but no it's 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 quite a nice um twist and it's got a coriander in it which is nice and then you've got loads of other things which i'm not going to go through but um, uh, pho as well the noodle soup um yeah that's available everywhere right yeah yeah the shrimp the shrimp uh like spring roll sounds amazing that sounds really nice yeah I mean, I'm just looking at the pictures, but when, we, when we're there, coffee, food, we are going to go all out. Yep, yep. Don't forget the snacks. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I love that stuff. Okay, right. So who? those are actually really conjoined facts. I'm quite impressed by that. Well done. Also, by the way, um, capital of Vietnam. Same. <laughs> actually, go on. <laughs> Is it Saigon? Uh, Is it Heilong City? Hanoi. Oh my god, you don't actually know. You're Googling this, aren't you? No, you don't know? Oh my god! Is I don't hear him frantically typing. No, but he's. I don't hear him at all. I have a feeling he actually wasn't expecting us to let him go with it, so now he's quickly <laughs> Googling for it. Um, welcome to the Lockdown Traveller with your two hosts, Ali and Zippy. <laughs> As I was saying, capital of Vietnam's Hanoi. Is it? Is it? <laughs> That's just enough time to pull out the Britannica Encyclopedia and research. <laughs> well done, Zim. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Are we actually going to cover an actual uh, location now? Uh, yeah. Do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, I can start. Um, well, it's going to be creepy. So do you want me to start off with that? Because that will kind of um, set the tone. Okay, you start with creepy and then I'll back it up with something which is actually quite positive and nice. And then that way okay, we'll balance it end, out. Okay, all right. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, so I want to talk about an area known as the Five um, Mountains or the Marble Mountains. So there's a coastal road between Hoi An and Danang, and there's kind of five limestone slash marble hills in the area. And those hills are all kind of populated with caves and tunnels, and they all contain carvings and statues and shrines and things like that all around these these mm-hmm. mountains, or inside the mountains rather. So they originally named as Nuhansong, which nice. is the Five Element Mountains. Nice. And that was named by King Min Mang because they kind of have five different elements which are significant, being metal, earth, wood, fire, and water. 
Um, metal was an interesting one I found. That's not normally one of them. What is it? Iron ore? No, um, I don't know. Um, metal being Kim, Earth being Tho, Wood being Mok, Fire being Hoa, and Water being Thoi. And then they originally called Five Elements, but then the French colonists came along and they found marble inside mm, of the, okay. the mountains and then re- they renamed them the okay. Marble Mountains. And so Mount Thoi is the only one I believe is open to the tour- like the tourists out of the five, but it's the steepest one. And you can go and visit it for like, I think it's something like $2 or like one, like £1.50, $40,000 like, nice. Vietnamese dong. And it's just a really cool mountain. It has like, you know, beautiful scapes and views and things like that. But inside the mountain is another cave known as Amphu Cave, which translates as the Hell Cave. Here we go. Here we go. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to wonder, like, you started off such a nice scenic. I was like, okay, how is this creepy? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there it is. Okay, so this is a recreation of what hell would be in Buddhism. So inside this cave, you'll find depictions and statues of things like hungry crocodiles, demons, fanged devils, river monsters, people being punished and tortured and bathed bathed in red light through what effectively would be hell. And the idea is that you climb up through hell, which is this cave, which has like, you know, crazy steep stairs, creepy railings, demons following you about. It has depictions of people being like, like flayed and tortured and all that kind of stuff through. You climb through it, you get to a point where you confess your sins and repent. And then you keep climbing through to the top, to the summit, where you reach an opening, which is heaven. And then you go outside and you reach salvation and you get like an amazing view of the whole area. But you have to pass through all this difficulty to be able to get there. That sounds really, really cool. Actually, I want to visit. And some of them are, some of them are like really creepy. They, they've got a whole the the way they've set it up is really, really terrifying, but super cool as well. And so, like I say, you, you get to the top, you have an amazing view, and there's also other stuff inside this on the route. So there's like there's other caves spot like springing off from this area. They've got other shrines, pagodas. Um, they've got an old chamber that was used as a Viet Cong hospital back in oh, the Vietnam nice. War, and there's also a a plaque located in this area for one of the women's like artillery battalions that was based nearby. But you can only leave by going back down from where you came. <laughs> that was one of my questions. Like, so it's all well and good. You're in heaven. Yes. You get to the top, you have the amazing view and it's like, well, now you go back down, mate. Off you go. So you got to go straight back, <laughs> back down. Back to hell. So, oh. well, well, like when you get to the top, you feel like a boss, but then you just <laughs> go back through hell again. And it's just very demotivating. Yes. Yeah. And you have, yeah, yeah. You have the, all the demons and stuff following you. And the, uh, there are also bats in the cave as well, which makes it even more interesting. How long, how long is the whole um, journey like from hell to heaven? How long would that take? Uh, it's a, I think it's like an hour. And a half, I think. I could be wrong on that, but it's, I know it's pretty it's substantial. And tickets to get in are like they're fifteen thousand dong, which is about fifty cents or forty p, which is pretty amazing. And yeah, you, you could if you're if you want to if you want to be lazy, not lazy, but if you're like you struggle with the climbing and stuff, you can also take an elevator to the top, which is about the same. That's I mean, that's there cheating. is a staircase to heaven, yeah. highway to hell, and now the elevator to a interim heaven before you descend back to hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And yeah. Which is kinda of, yeah, yeah. But for people that are interested in actually taking the, the proper route through, um, you have to do actual climbing and scrambling and stuff and the stairs are pretty steep and so it's a it's a it's a decent climb, so you know, just be prepared for that if you want to go. But it's it sounds superb. And even if you're not into the kind of demonic evil stuff like I am, you can still explore the actual mountain itself. It's got a whole bunch of other attractions at the top and they're just generally amazing views, so that's something in that area to definitely check okay. out. Okay, so that's answered one of my questions as to how do you get back down again. The second question I had was, who looks at a mountain and say, ah, oh, five elements, ah, oh, the marble uh, marble hills, and then it goes, hmm, this is a perfect place for a cave for hell. The interesting thing is also that, do you want to have a guess out of which elements this cave is in, the hell cave? Fire. Probably wood, right? Because wood burns. It's in water, which is surprising to me. Water? Yeah. The Mount Thuy, which is the three being water. Ooh. So I was surprised okay. by that. Interesting. Now, I don't know whether that's just because... Because it was built a long time ago by the same guy, the King Min Man, I think. Or that, that kind of area. So I'm not sure whether it's just because that's the only one open to the public. Or, you know, whether or not. But I find that interesting. I'm not sure what the kind of thing with, with it being the water mountain was. I would, Like I said, I would have assumed it would be in the fire or the wood one. I'm assuming it was like a natural cave, though. They didn't make the cave themselves. 
I think I think it was an actual cave, but obviously, and then they they did all the other the stuff in terms of like the right. Well, then yeah. it's just coincidence. Then, I guess. if you were a chief designer and you had were tasked to design hell in a cave, what would you put into it? Like they've got crocodiles, what would you put in? Just fill it with butterflies. I was just mate. about to say, <laughs> I was I was going to say probably for same butterflies. I just have um, statues of Bill Murray. Yeah, that that, that that's kind of where my head was as well. That, uh, that's Ali's heaven, though, right? <laughs> yeah, funny, true, actually. Funny. Just that at the top. Imagine that he goes all the way through this thing, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it's just goes to the top, and it's a real Bill Murray. It's a real Bill Murray and the real Andres Iniesta mate, to stand I, oh, in there. Oh, please and, don't! I just jump off. I just jump off the mountain. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even go back to hell. <laughs> that's a quick way. That is a third way down, but I wouldn't yeah. recommend. Um, I think Adi's hell would be you get in the elevator to go back down, but the lift stops. Oh, yeah, true. that would be yeah. terrifying. Zame's one, actually, Zame's worst case would be the elevator stops and he's got to have a conversation with somebody inside the elevator. And that man is dressed in a butterfly costume. No, no, no it gets better. He's the, the, you have to have a conversation, but there's a little cocoon in the top left corner of the of the lift oh, and he just slowly yes. sees it turning into yeah. a butterfly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, open the safety panel, jump down. I did. I did actually read a thing the other day that was saying that butterflies often feast on Fear. like um, animals. No, and they stuff. don't. Because butterflies feed on animals. They, do, they, do. they like, pretend they to do. be nice and colorful and friendly, but they're evil. They sometimes eat like frogs and like other animals when they die. They they kind of. A, a, a butterfly like that. I, I was going to send Zayn some pictures, but it made me a bit like. Well, Do you know what German uh, butterfly in German is? It sounds terrifying. Is it like Schmetterling or something? Schmetterling, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Zayn, maybe the Germans were right. Butterflies are evil, angry creatures. They are. Okay. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> glad, glad we've discussed Bill Murray and butterflies again. Indeed, but yes, the, again, cave, awesome, even if you don't want to go through the hell cave, check it out, it's worth having a look at. Perfect, so as promised, I'm going to try and lighten the mood now um, by talking about something which is slightly less hellish, and well, it depends on if, yeah, no, no, it is slightly less hellish. Um, so I'm going to talk about the, the Sapa love market. So in the market town of Sapa, yeah, which is in the Vietnam Vietnam's mountainous north, it initially started off as being a very popular French hill station in 1930. Uh, but on the ridge of that mountain, there are fantastic views of the Honglin Mountains and markets are around there on Saturdays. And what started happening was that back in the day in 1930s, I want to say maybe a bit later, was that people from the different villages would start congregating at these markets every Saturday. And they started to, I don't know how it turned into a tradition, but then they started, um, the people who wanted to go and find their partner would wear of quite bright colours and then they would do little, literally love ballads to each other, like singing, like in a crowded marketplace going, I don't know, we will rock you or whatever um, the appropriate song is. I don't think that's a, that's not a, that's not a love Another one bites the dust. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else? Right. Those classic Those cla- romance yes, songs. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so they do that, and apparently it got so popular um, that it's called the love market, and people used to go there, and it used to be like sing songs to each other, and it was kind of like a way for these villagers to meet. And whilst the it, it is called the love market, they always said that it's a place where villagers are trying to strengthen their ties and form alliances, so friendships, conversations, changing, exchanging ideas, all happen at this marketplace, and then because popu- uh, tourists got more and more popular, and you can imagine the the jamming photo cameras in into people's faces. Why did I say mm-hmm. photo cameras? Why do I always say this? Because you're old. Jamming, jamming, <laughs> jamming yeah, cam- cameras <laughs> into the faces. Oh, I want a selfie with this one. They actually moved the whole market to a secret location and it only happens in the... Oh, in oh the, that's yeah, cool. So they're yeah. like, we don't yeah. want this to happen and it happens in secret locations in the dead of night away from the gaze of the, the visitors. Um, but if you're interested, you can actually find a local who trusts you and you trust them, and then you, they can invite you, and you can go and see that. But you can't take photos, and you can't do that. They, they, they want it to be quite an, an open space. So. Hmm. Yeah, and you want to preserve your sort of privacy. Exactly. So I thought that was quite quite yeah, nice. That is quite cool. That is, that is nice, actually, that the that they kind of want to keep yeah. it secret and keep it for themselves. I do, I do yeah, they're like, like you're that. more than welcome to come, but don't jam a photo camera. <laughs> don't jam a camera. <laughs> Don't jam a magic rectangle, which is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, When's your bus pass arriving? I know, honestly. Oh, no, I'm getting a re- national rail card mount for retirement. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, you're going to be the first to get the vaccine, aren't you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Over the high season above, please. But yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was quite nice. And some of the pictures, like, um, the 
Can you imagine choreographing a dance just to meet and make a friend? It's ridiculous. I can imagine you trying to do it and it's hilarious. Sounds like it's straight out of a Bollywood movie. I'd I'd probably start singing One is a Lonely Number or whatever it is. Especially if you start singing We Will Rock You. That's (laughs) that's probably not the, yeah. It's the first song which came to my head. Yes, okay, that that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, I wouldn't want to participate, I just like to sort of observe. Yeah, I mean, really, really, you wouldn't want to participate, Zim. Yeah, yeah, again, I I, I think it just sounds a bit bit odd, but I think it would be quite interesting to see it happen. So, um, it's like a closed-off space, and obviously, um, you're not allowed to take pictures and stuff, but people have taken pictures, and it looks a bit surreal, I would say. So, um, I'm, we don't know where it is, but if you find a local in the in the local place of Sapa, then you can go and see this. But be respectful. Yeah, nice. 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 Okay, so we've leveled it up now. I've got something kind of similar, which I think, like, in Vietnam, there are a lot of um, hidden attractions that you're not really aware of. <clears throat> and one of them is in Hanoi University, and it's called the Zoological Museum. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely um, off-limits to the public, but at the same time, it's not exactly a sort of real museum where you can just wander in whenever you want. You actually have to talk to the head of the university or whoever is in charge at the time and arrange a private viewing. And it's not a huge museum. There are only three rooms on the second floor of the university's science building. They've got stuff like penguins, monkeys, lizards, fish, turtles, you know, baby elephants, and loads of skeletons. And the cool thing is that all the animals were stuffed and embalmed by the French in the early 1900s. And I don't know if, you know, technology wasn't great at the time, or maybe people were just bad at stuffing (laughs) animals, but the taxidermy jobs are rubbish. Oh, okay. (laughs) Really? All right, let me... I've I've looked at the pictures, and I've made a list of what I think is happening. But there's there's a mountain lion who's got a permanently surprised Pikachu (laughs) face. There's... A vulture which has an eye missing. Love it. There's okay. there's an owl that's making a face. You know when you realize that it wasn't a fart and you need toilet <laughs> ASAP. That, that's what he looks like. Um, there's a monkey who looks like he's just reached into like a pyramid of wine glasses to get a drink at a super fancy party, and the whole thing crashes and everyone's looking at him. Oh God. Um, there's a deer that looks like it just crawled out of Chernobyl, so Ali, you oh. might recognise it. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah. That's Dave, mate. That's Dave, Dave, my hometown. Um, there's a lemur that looks like he just finished telling a really dark joke, but no one's laughing, so he's desperately trying to change the subject. Zucky, basically. Yep, been in that situation many times. Yep. <laughs> there's a baby elephant, uh, standing next to a bunch of plants, and he looks high, but not so high that he can't tell the police it's actually medicinal marijuana. <laughs> oh, God. Is he legally um, blind? Yeah, honestly, you have to see the picture. There's also like a line of turtles on on this massive glass case, but the one at the back has this really panicked expression because it looks like he's having flashbacks of the human centipede. Wow. Okay, you need to put the link but, up. Like honestly, this museum is yeah, it's it's a very small, just three room museum in the science building of the Hanoi University, but it's kind of a hidden attraction and it looks very very fun. I think you should apply to be the writer for this. Oh, no, honestly, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, if you, if you wow. look at the pictures, you'll know what I'm saying. I think you need to put those pictures up with exactly, the descriptions exactly. that you had so everybody can compare. Yeah, I'll try and get that on the blog, but definitely check this out if you're in the area, because it's just... I mean, the skeletons are cool. They, I don't think they've altered the skeletons. It's just the taxidermy that they've uh, tried to make interesting. I can imagine it's hard, though, for a tourist to get hold of the, like the curator or whatever. Yeah, apparently um, the, the person in charge kind of moves around a lot. So he used to be in that building, but then he moved to a different part of the university. But I think he is in the university still. Right, right. The director, I think. Okay. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds fantastic to see. It, yeah. I mean, apart from the animals, they've also got like bottled uh, body parts of different animals. Like They've got just a, a tray full of just bird skins so they've taken the skeleton out and just leave the skins there and all the feathers and stuff it's kind of creepy okay yeah that's kind of grim but also cool to, to see in a weird kind of yeah definitely way. we're going to check this out if we ever yeah, go to vietnam 100 so i wanted to talk about um well it's, it's not really hidden anymore but back in the day it was hidden so i want to talk about the 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 coochie tunnels or the chuchi tunnels uh which were the why do we always talk about tunnels in this on in our on our shows? Yeah, I think like tunnels, caves, 
hell Lucifer. and <laughs> yeah pretty but much, no so these yeah. tunnels are um i mean you you i'm not going to go through the, the whole war and why the vietnam war started and all of that stuff but these tunnels were used uh by the Viet Cong soldiers as hiding spots during combat and they are like 200 they're they are really really long and quite deep as well and really narrow um and so again i'll put some pictures up um so you can see it but um these were used as hiding spots during combat and they had communication posts, supply routes, hospitals, food, weapon caches, uh, living quarters and all sorts of things inside these tunnels. And they had trick entrances and false entrances and trap doors and all of that stuff. And they, these were used um, against the to resist the American forces as well. But whilst that's really interesting, I suppose, in its own weird, twisted way, what I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about was that you can actually go and visit um, these places now. Um, so they've got um, some parts of the tunnels which are actually open, and you can go and go through this single, very narrow tunnel, which definitely could not contain... It sounds them. very claustrophobic. It, it does. Of, they've yeah. actually said that there's 100 meters at one point where it, it's so narrow that you're going to be hunched down... Um, not crawling on all fours, I'm sorry, but you're going to be walking, but your back is going to be super arched because your head is going to be, it's, 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 it's not just brushing against the, uh, the, the top, it's going to be properly jammed up there. Your shoulders, if they're too wide, uh, are going to be scrape, scraping the walls, and um, basically it's going to be pitch black on either side, and you have to keep going forward, and there are emergency exits, of course, because, you know, they are sending out tourists, but they're 50 meters on either side, so... Mm. If you have a panic attack, or if you get properly claustrophobic, which I probably will, yeah. um, they, yeah. uh, they, well, I don't know what they do. And Zucky, for you and I, they've they've said that if you have asthma, they strongly, strongly, strongly suggest you don't go, um, because you will. Most people will start getting really hyperventilating and going, I, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it sounds really exciting, but also terrifying. It does, I mean, that, I can't uh, imagine what it must have been like actual to use it yeah. during the time because that it, must yeah. Have been so terrifying. and so it's pitch black, and I've actually got a, a little bit of a script here from uh, American soldiers who actually discovered these t- tunnels, and they called it the Black Echo. Um, so air, food, water was scarce. The tunnels were infested with ants, venomous centipedes, snakes, scorpions, spiders, and rodents. And whilst the soldiers would spend most of their time in the tunnels and only coming out at night to scavenge for supplies. Um, most of the days they'd have to stay indoors because of the heavy bombing on or, or American troop movement. And most of the people living in the tunnels had malaria, which was the second largest cause of death next to the battle wounds. And m- almost every single person had an in- intestinal parasites of significance as well. So, yeah, the, all these people... That sounds horrible. It sounds awful. And, I mean, again, I'll put up the links. I'll show you the pictures. Um, and so... It's 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 not pleasant, but you can go and see it now, and you can see a hospital. Uh, we can see the operating theatre, and you can go through uh, the tunnels. But also, at the end of it, for some bizarre reason, they also give you the option to shoot either an AK forty seven or an M sixteen assault rifle um, right. at uh, a shooting range. But I've heard, and I'm trying to find a link for it, but it's it's probably taken off. But I've heard that at some point they could actually, for an extra bit of money, you could ask them really nicely and quietly to give you a mini gun. And also access to live animals if you felt like killing animals like that, which sounds awful. But the minigun to regular targets sounds quite exciting. But the animal part, I don't think I would be up for at all. But yeah, you can do that. Where do these tunnels um, sort of start and end? Like, are they hidden in other buildings or were they just open tunnels? It's um, So they're mainly in the Saigon area. Um, and they're really large. Like I'm trying to find, I, I want to say 200 mi- uh, miles, but I think I might be confusing my uh, countries around. But it, they're really deep and they're really long. And um, I'll get back to you on how, how long they actually are. But I, I want to say 200 for now. So yeah, that, that was uh, something which, whilst it's creepy, whilst it's wrong, whilst it's a bit terrifying, it's something which everyone, it's, it's voted the most obscure attraction in, in, in East Asia, so it's definitely worth having a bit of a look at that, if you if you can do it. Nice. Mm, mm. It's weird though how, how uh, part of the 
the creepiness comes forward, mm. it makes you excited and it makes you want to yeah. kind of see it. That's like we spoke about this before, haven't we? Where, where the kind of human nature is to be interested and curious about these kind of things, even though you know once you get there, it'll be terrifying. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And just just really briefly on this as well. So the Americans, when they actually landed, um, they were just at shock and awe and almost fear that why, where are these soldiers coming from? Like they'll see nothing, and then suddenly they'll see somebody going, "Oh, hello," and um, terrifying the hell out of them. And then they found that these tunnels had trap doors. And again, I'll post a picture on the blog. But forest floor, don't see anything. And then five seconds later, a trap door actually opens up, perfectly camouflaged, and then you bang, you're dead. Um, so to compensate that, they actually started a, uh, it's like you'll appreciate the name, it's called Operation Wandering Soul, um, which was the first ever or second ever um, large-scale psychological warfare um, to attempt to get rid of these people hiding in the tunnels and stop them to actually attacking people. So in Vietnamese, there's, um, in Vietnam, sorry, in Vietnamese culture, there's an idea of the wandering soul. And it's the belief that either the dead must be buried in their homeland or the soul will wander aimlessly in pain and suffering. Uh, so if it's not buried properly, uh, the soul will be wandering forever. So the US took this to their advantage and tried to trick the, the fighters, the Viet Congs, by, by playing audio recordings, um, pretending that they're dead friends wandering around the forest. So imagine pitch black forest and you just hear screams and wails. Um, of of uh, please up. help me I'm dying or screeches whatever that's and they they spent ages creating these altered sounds and stuff and they were like this is gonna this is gonna scare them away and then the so I've I've got the official patrol crafts Robert by Robert B Shirley which is a wandering soul document this from the from the old FBI reports and the, the statement at the end says the extent of this operation success is unknown. The Viet Cong usually returned fire upon encountering the recordings, thus nullifying the intended outcome of the operation. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. They just so shot, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, no, it's screaming, bang. We don't care. So, yeah, it didn't It didn't work out for them. Yeah, but still, that's that's some, yeah, people are horrible. But, yeah, so you can hear that. You can hear some of that stuff as well, so... Uh, well, you can actually hear some of that in this... Yeah, so they've got some recordings playing either in the tunnels or around the tunnels, so you can kind of get the whole uh, atmosphere, but it doesn't sound pleasant, but I want to go... No, that sounds terrible. That sounds very, yeah. Wow. I guess they do a good. They paint a good picture of how it must have actually been like, which is quite. Yeah, they, 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 you know how we always see. Uh, it's like whenever you go to Germany and stuff, you see World War Two stuff, but they they never emphasize the success or their like any anything like that. It's very almost ashamed of what happened there. Um, hmm. Vietnam, and this isn't a, a, an insult or a, 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 like a gripe or anything like that, but the way their museum, their museum was actually called the, the Vietnam Museum of American Atrocities. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, they've they've really done that. So I'm, I'm not here to say which one's better or worse because that's that's not what we're doing here. But yeah, um, the way they portray history is slightly more colourful than our museums here. Sure. It, it, yeah, it, I know you mean it, it's kind of like it's not as reserved, I guess, as the European or the Western world yeah, might yeah. do it as. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is. But yeah. yeah. So we've done creepy, we've done happy, we've done animals, and. Some. Extremely. Some <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we uh, lift the mood? <laughs> we're turning to me to lift the mood. Yeah, man. We're, <laughs> we're in a bad situation. We know that. Um, okay, I want to talk about a bridge. A bridge. A bridge over hell. No, a bridge. <laughs> In Delang, over the Han River, known as the Fire Breathing Dragon Bridge. And right. it's a 600 meter long, 6 meter wide, 2,000 ton bridge. Wow. Which has a mammoth, like, ridiculously big dragon on top of it. And it's known <laughs> it's known as the world's largest dragon bridge. I didn't know Wait, that was a cool award. How many other bridges but are But it's there? a heck of a cool award to have. Yeah, like, are there any competitors? I don't know. I'm guessing maybe, like, one. But so they've got that, which is to be fair, it's a really cool um, like accolade yeah. to have. So the bridge was opened in March 2013 to celebrate the 38th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War, and the bridge itself, like the dragon, has two and a half thousand LEDs, and it can actually breathe fire. Oh wow! Like they've put stuff inside like actual, of it, like a flamethrower. Yeah, it's like a flamethrower or a firework thing. They 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 set it off on like special events on like New Year's nice. things on festivals and stuff like that. So it's just it's a fire breathing dragon bridge, which is just super cool. And you can go and see it, and then, but you can't drive on it when it's breathing fire. Because that that would be awesome. Yeah, obviously, like a 
security risk. But it looks super cool. In in the same city in Delang as the as the um as the Hell Cave thing, but it's just a really cool thing to see. And and even when it's not breathing fire, it's just it's really cool. And the cool thing is that they before they made this like the other side of the city was significantly poorer right or it didn't have like as much of a you know it was like the lower end but since they opened the bridge they kind of improved all the transfer and as well the tourism so that area started getting more populous and getting more money so it's becoming a much more balanced area and the whole thing which is kind of cool as well nice nice that's cool nice yeah definitely um on on the list and uh um got to see it when it's breathing fire actually because that sounds awesome yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So it does it like on national holidays or just um, New Year stuff like that? I think it's like they do it occasionally for festivals and things like that. And, and yeah, on New Year's. But yeah, I don't think it's a common occurrence, but it happens a couple of times. Okay, so we need to time this properly. Yeah, so if we go, we're going to have to time it. Yeah, exactly. That, that's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially at night with the, when all the LEDs are like sparkling and stuff across the bridge. And the rest of the city in the area, because it's over the river, it looks really, really nice. So, yeah. It's... You'll be downing snake heart mocktails whilst watching a dragon breathing <laughs> fire on a perfectly normal day in Vietnam. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yes. It would. Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, I've got something kind of related to a bridge. Basically, there are a bunch of murals hidden in the sort of railway arches of Phong Hung Street near the Long Bien Bridge. Okay. And if you start at uh, 1 Phong Hung Street and you walk all the way up to 95 Phong Hung Street, uh, you'll see these massive sort of railway arches along the way. And inside each arch is a mural that's painted to look like a snapshot from Hanoi's history. And there are little plaques next to each one to give you sort of a bit of context about Hanoi's um, past and present. And the cool thing about these murals is that they are super, super lifelike, and they're painted to look kind of like a 3D um, optical illusion. Okay. Okay, that's kind so of cool. So if you stand in the right place, or you do like the right pose or something, and someone takes your picture, um, it'll look like you're part of the painting, nice, or like the nice. scene in the painting is actually real. Wow. So there's um, one mural, which is like a black and white um, painting of Bao and Pagoda, which was, I think, the city's most famous Buddhist temple before it was shot down in the late 19th century. Um, there's another black and white mural about just some random street in Hanoi, and they've got this very cool effect on the edges where the color sort of merges into black and white. And there's this one um, painted figure who's walking into the mural, so he's half in color and half in black mm. and white. Mm. And if you stand next to him and pose like you're walking as well, it looks like you're about to enter this sort of portal into the past. Cool. Which is is pretty cool. There's another one which which is like a street vendor doing some calligraphy or you know selling you some goods, so you can stand next to him with your hand outstretched, so it looks like you're buying something. Uh, there's one with a bunch of people boarding a train, so you can stand next to them and it looks like you're waiting in line. Uh, it's a relatively new attraction in Hanoi, so if you if anyone does decide to visit, there won't be much of a rush, which is very cool. Um, it was uh, I think I think it was 2016 or 2015 or something, but it was it was pretty recent, and it's a collaborative uh, public art project by the Hanoi hmm. People's Committee, the Korea Foundation, and the United Nations uh, Human Settlements Program, which is sort of celebrating the 25 years of diplomatic relations between Vietnam and South Korea. Wow, nice. And you're saying it's not too busy? It's not too busy. It's not um, that well known yet. So if you do visit, it should be pretty easy to get some cool pictures. I was getting Mona Lisa uh, flashbacks. You know, when you go there and it's like surrounded by people taking selfies and you're like, this is just awful. I hate this so much. Yeah, with their photo cameras. With their their photo cameras. But so these these mirrors must be pretty big then if you can. Are they they like like person size? Um, A bit bigger, I don't know the exact measurements, but imagine... Oh, wait, you use an animal to uh, describe the dimensions. Or imagine a horse standing on top of an elephant. Okay. So that height would be how high. high. So hang on, you didn't, you didn't get that. Zaki's like, is it person size? And you're like, hmm, just a little bit big. It's an elephant on a horse. Like, that's that's a big, horse a big difference. Horse that's on a horse elephant. on an elephant. So a giraffe? Uh, like a medium-sized baby giraffe, maybe. <laughs> that's not a horse. That's not a horse on an elephant. It depends how big the elephant You're is. You're talking a baby elephant? Are you not going to Google <laughs> exactly height of a right. horse? Oh, so instead of Googling the height of the mural... Height of an elephant. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but effectively big enough that you could... like obviously Height of a giraffe. I was thinking before, though, because when you said mirrors, I was thinking quite small, but that actually makes sense that... No, no, these, yeah, these are quite big. Okay, so a horse is 1.4 to 1.8 meters. An elephant is... 
about three meters. Okay. So let's say or so on an elephant is about let's five. say yeah. 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 And a giraffe height is four point six to six point one. So maybe a baby giraffe, like I said. You, wait, you said medium giraffe. He said yeah. Yeah, like a medium baby giraffe. Okay, like okay, a... okay, right. All right, so I know... So basically, answer my question, yes, they're about... They're yeah, than this is what Zucky's original yes, question that's, was. that's the point, yeah. Perfect, <laughs> okay. Yes. Actually, I, I'm just going to Google the actual size as well. <laughs> I thought that's what you were Googling when you said, let me Google. So like about two velociraptors in height. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I, don't, I don't think it, it matters. The point yeah. is... The, yeah, the point is they're big. They're, they're big. Okay, that's that's kind of what I want to know. Yeah, right. photorealistic. Okay, cool. Stick yeah, some nice. stick some links on onto the the blog so we can actually see the, the pictures as well. Yeah, it the length of the street is apparently two hundred meters. What's it? Number sixty four. Zulu. Uh, number one to number ninety five. Fang Hung Mural no, Street. Not... Is he listening I, to what our I don't know? But are? is okay, What is sixty four? See, it was Zulane, wasn't it? Sixty four Zulane. Yeah, it was yeah. Zulane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hated yeah. that show, the stupid doctor, the dog doctor. <laughs> Why? It just did my head in, man. I only like. I'll be honest. I only remember the jingle. That's yeah. the only thing I remember about that. Whole yeah, show. 64, 64. 64 Zule. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, but I hated the dog entitled little animal. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I think we are almost at the end of the episode. So, do we want to do quick special mentions? And again, we have so much to cover. We might end up doing a recut of Vietnam, but for now. Special mentions, if you please. Yes, I will talk about Bavi National Park. So this is a national park located 48 kilometers west of Hanoi. And it's about like a two-hour uh, car journey. But apparently the roads are kind of dodgy, so make sure you avoid it during the rain. Get, get local to drive, or you can you can go there by a bike or whatever. And it's a stunning national park which centers around three peaked mountains nice, in the area. Nice. With the highest of which is about 1,300 meters. And it's often obscured by clouds, which is kind of nice. So it's like a... Nice. You can see in that area you've got mountains surrounded by mist and clouds. But you've also got jungles and tropical rainforests in there. And so it's fantastic for trekking. Like, or pretty much all year round. Um, and it also has, there's kind of three things I want to talk about in terms of the highlights. So one is the cactus garden. We can find up to 1200 cactus species that are there nice. and they keep them. It's like a, um, a preserved kind of area. So you can go and check that out, which is just kind of cool. It's just a nice kind That's of colorful cool. areas as you're hiking through this, this uh, a stunningly beautiful place. You also have the Thane Son waterfall and water park, which is effectively what it, you know, it kind of speaks for itself, but it has waterfalls and lakes. So you can go swimming and fishing and camping and it's got spas, but you can also just um, take in like the beauty of the waterfalls and the lakes. And my favorite bit of it littered in this massive park, there are, there are kind of French ruins all right. around this area from the 19th century. So when the French were about, they built these kind of holiday resorts and villas and stuff. But obviously now they're all abandoned. So... You can go and as you're walking through, you can find these like very beautiful French mansions and buildings and stuff that are just abandoned and covered in moss. So they have like a, a Last of Us kind okay. of vibe or, you know, that nice. Yeah, they, they have like an old like that kind of abandoned thing. It's very quiet because obviously it's, it's like eerily quiet. But the cool thing is, is because there's so many of them because the park is so big through the jungles, you can often find them like new ones just by yourself as you're wandering through. That's cool. So they're like hidden attractions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's there's two kind of sign- signature ones that you can find. One is the mansion, which was a like a used to own a colonel used to own it, and it was a mansion slash like a political prison, which lovely, lovely, lovely combination right there. <coughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, to be fair, when you said colonel, I immediately thought KFC, KFC and then it I took know. a very dark turn. Yeah, same, same, exact same. Wow. And I got hungry as well. Um, yeah, we always are. <laughs> <laughs> we should um, we should do these after lunch. We should actually. You're right. We should. Mate, I haven't yeah. even had breakfast oh. yet. Hey, man, that's your fault for being Canadian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we've got no sympathy from us. And there is also there are a whole bunch of um, orphanages that the French built, and they have this significant signature kind of like 19th century archways that are still kind of creepy and abandoned, as you can imagine, in this area. And there is also a collapsed church interesting which is about 800 meters high like within the jungle somewhere okay. um, and you can go and find it but this this one looks like it looks like a mix between the church from woman in black and the church if you've ever played the witcher 3 do you remember there's a bit where you go into a church and the, the statues turn around and look at you yes yes yes, yes. looks like that Okay, but, okay. Like, covered in moss, and the picture that I've seen, I'll put it up. But the picture you've seen is like you look through it. The roof has collapsed. The kind of door is 
a collapse as well, but the rest of the structure is intact, so you can walk inside. But the picture I've seen is just dark with the moss covered around it, and then you can see the, the gap where the cross used to be and the line, light shining through that into the church. That sounds that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. It's, really it's, it, it's a place where I really desperately want to go to have a look at and get some amazing pictures because some of them are fantastic. And the cool thing about it is it's a it's the variety of places that are in there. So, you know, if, you, if that's not your thing, you can just clearly walk past. But is the sense of kind of wonderment and your own adventure exploring it. You can make up your own things and, and walk through and find stuff. And I kind of that appeals to me quite a lot. So, yeah, hmm. the, the the mountains of Bali nice. National Park is a, a must-see, in my opinion. Nice. Perfect. Zame, anything from you? Special mentions really quickly? Uh, just that Kong Skull Island and the Artemis Fowl movie were filmed in Vietnam. Okay, did not know that. Kong was a terrible film. I mean, to be honest, all the King Kong films. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a new one coming out. Oh, King... for God's sake. Kong vs. Godzilla. Okay, actually, that might be, okay, that yeah, might that be pretty might good. Change my opinion. Okay, yeah. That's, that's going to be cool. A redacted yeah. Um Okay, nice. Uh, and then the, the one which I really wanted to mention was there's a street in Hanoi which is called Hanoi's Train Street, and twice a day a speeding train passes by with only inches between the homes and the, the train itself, and it's at 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock in one of the narrow streets in uh, the old quarter in Hanoi. And it's quite interesting to see at around 2.55 people pulling in their drying clothes, children are ushered indoors, bikes are pulled to each side, and the train just speeds past with a couple of inches uh, clearance on either side. Um, and you can actually go and see this. So go have around fun around in the marketplace. Um, and then just at 2.55 just have a mad dash to just get, get the train lines uh, tidied and cleared before the train comes in at 3 o'clock. And seven o'clock. That sounds, yeah. How <laughs> terrifying would it be if your watch was like two minutes off? Especially if you were just about to make a sale, like you're just about, just on the verge exactly. of like... Exactly, negotiated for like almost half an hour and then, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, do check that. It's it's not exactly an attraction, but it definitely is an attraction as well. Yeah, definitely an attraction. I, I would say that's an attraction for sure. Would you be? Would you want to be on the train or on the ground watching the train fly on the ground. past? On the ground. On the ground, on the ground definitely, yeah. I'd, I'd want to be on the train. It's not flying past. It's what well, you because you just want to see see things something go wrong. Because he's lazy as yeah. that's why. It's not the fastest train. I've seen the videos, but it's pretty quick. We're not talking bullet trains. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool though to see help like see people moving all the stores and stuff out of the way exactly. and have it cruising through. That's cool. Um, the last one, just just I should point it out, is Heilong Bay, which we're not going to cover yet. We'll do it in part two. But it's a, um, it's the famous one where I think they filmed. Was it Avatar? They filmed with ah, the probably stuff probably that area. And it's called like, it China. I don't know. I don't but, know. Yeah. Maybe I can't remember, but it's got like a, it's got like mountains scattered all the way around, little island mountains through the whole bay of water, and there's a little like cafe restaurant thing in the bay itself where people basically they've never been on dry land, so they live there, they're born there, they work there, they die there, and it's just a full water based little kind of restaurant thing, which we'll cover in more detail later. No, no, definitely add add that to the list as well. Perfect. Well, guys, we are at the end of the episode. Um, so at this point, just wanted to say thank you to all our listeners for continuing to listen to us, uh, which is great, and interacting with us on the socials. We are seeing the traction pick up there, which is great. Um, and as always, please keep the feedback coming and uh, do, do start connecting with us on the social media pages if you haven't already. Um, gentlemen, it's always, always a pleasure. Uh, so thank you so much as well. And we will all see you at the next one.